It is Monday, May 25th. Time for another edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast. So I want to start off today, talk a little bit about Henry Cejudo. So by the sound of things, his retirement is official. He is no longer the UFC Bantamweight champion. He is no longer in the rankings. And so it looks like his retirement is going to stick um, at least for a little while, which I'm fine with that. Um, He put out a message on social media that said, um, thank you for the awesome experiences. Uncle Dana White, I will forever be grateful. Thank you for taking a chance on the sport that people thought would never make it. To all my coaches and fans, it's been a wonderful ride. Triple C is out. Hashtag retired on top. And then, you know, mic drop emoji. So, yeah, he uh, retired on top. There's no doubt about that. His last four fights were pretty fantastic. Won the flyweight title in August 2018 with a split decision over Demetrius Johnson one of the two men who had beat him in the past, the other being Joseph Benavides. Um, then he defended that title with a 32-second knockout over T.J. Dillashaw when Dillashaw was the Bantamweight champion, and we found out not only was he the Bantamweight champion, but he was on EPO at the time. So he's got that going for him. Um, then he then Cejudo moved up and fought for the uh, Bantamweight title that Dillashaw had vacated. TKO'd Marlon Marias in that fight in the third round in a pretty good performance since he was losing the first round. He readjusted his his attack, came out more aggressive, and he really uh, stuck it to Marias in the second round, wore him out, wore him down, and finished him in the third so it was an impressive performance and then he um, on May 9th he defeated uh, Dominic Cruz second round TKO 458 of the second um, I think the stoppage was just and I I don't have a problem with the stoppage um, uh, Cruz obviously did and does but yeah, I don't think it was a terrible stoppage. I don't think it was a controversial stoppage. Um, but that allowed uh, Cejudo to retain his title. And he went out. Um, won, defended, won, and defended. He's got the Olympic gold medal in freestyle wrestling. Uh, just a great career. It wasn't that long. Um I could I could have done without the uh, cringiness, but his performances in the octagon, top notch. I don't think he'll go down in the uh, the goat discussion just because of the weights he fought at and um, the shortness of his career. I mean, he only began in 2013, made it to the UFC in 2015, um, retired 16 and two with. Two titles, two title defenses, and like he said, yeah, went on the top. 
Um, probably would have stuck around, I'm going to guess, if the money was bigger and better. It's not, and it's not going to get any bigger or better in the foreseeable future. But, yeah, I, I want to give uh, props to Henry Cejudo. Um, hopefully his retirement sticks, enjoys his life. Still fairly young man at 33. Goes out without taking a lot of damage. Good for him. I want to talk about a conversation that Ariel Hawani and Daniel Cormier had today. Um, it started out as a conversation about John Jones and Jones's desire to get paid more to fight at heavyweight to take on Francis Ngannou and how the UFC kind of shut that down without really discussing money with Jones and that's according to Jones himself um, so here's what um, the discussion between Cormier and Helwani sounded like what's a realistic number for John Jones to fight Francis Ngannou in your opinion can I ask that yeah uh there's a risk involved, right? He's moving up to heavyweight. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, I remember a time when John Jones and I were going to fight, and he was like, I got $10 million, right? Like, total. He's like, I got $10 million. That's what he kept saying. Right. And um, if you have $10 million, you get half of that in one fight. I think that's good. You'd five, if you made $5 million plus people. So you don't year, think he should get more for going up to heavyweight? No, man. I didn't. I mean, people don't get more to go up to heavyweight. Like, I didn't get more to go up to heavyweight. I got, I mean, you know, well, I did get what he did. Like, I was lying. I was just lying. I was just lying. I caught myself lying. I'm sorry. I did. I, I did. But you did again, get more. I did get more. But yeah. let's say John Jones is, but let's say John Jones's base pay is $3 million. Five, uh -huh. Say his base pay is $5 million. Then give him $7 million. That's $2 million. But like, what was the number? You know, like it, that would be when you're talking transparency, tell the number. If you're being transparent, tell the number That's, that you threw out there. I would love that. Listen, you know, I, right? I'm if a big fan. The number, if you thought the number, what do you think is legitimate for him to go up? $12 million? $20 million? Like, what's the number? I, I couldn't agree more with your point that if we're going to be, I think that all the purses should be public, not because no. I want to be up no. in your business, but then we know what people are truly. You know, what people, have no idea. people have no idea what we make, and I love it that way. You I love actually it? love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. Of course it. you do. But now here in a oh, situation you're, like people, this. You're underpaid. This dude's so underpaid. I'm like, are you guys stupid? Like, how crazy can you be? But it also keeps your family off of you. Sure. That's the beauty yeah. in it, right? Everybody's always like, can I borrow something? Like, hey, man, I'm broke. You yeah. saw me $500,000 last fight. Like, I got to take care of my family. I bought a house. Like, I'm broke, man. Like, I made five hundred grand. But so, isn't there a responsibility now? You got everyone excited, right? And I'm not just saying on the UFC's part. I feel like there's a responsibility on John's part, on Francis's part. Like you got everyone excited with all the tweets. You guys got to figure this out because with all due respect, it took me some time to get on board. I was pushing for the Reyes fight. But mm -hmm. now if you go back and fight Jan or Reyes, it feels like a letdown. Like a letdown. You can't especially, get us all excited and be like, Especially oh. Behovich. Especially yeah. Behovich. Like, and I, I don't want to disrespect him. Don't want to disrespect Jan. But if... if because, look, man, when it comes to Jones, not many betting lines are close, right? You put him in there with Jan, it'll be a big time. It'll be separate. The separation will be massive. But you have to, if you make the fight happen, or look, man, if I'm the UFC, I make it public, right? If we're sharing, 
I sure. say, hey, I, would love I say, this is what this dude asked for. Like, that's absurd. And then, but then if you do that, right, if you do that, if you say, this is what he asked for, and all those numbers that you say are behind the scenes, I'll say, this is what he asked for, and this is what he made last time, right? I would put his numbers out there. That all that, all that undisclosed pay, I'd make public and go, now tell me how I'm being unrealistic to think, one, you're going to fight with no crowd now, so the gate's gone, Right. And you got to sell a pay-per-view against a guy who's scary, right? But Stipe, I was on the car with Stipe and Francis. For as scary as Francis was, it's not like Stipe and I and me and Volk and Stipe and Francis did gangbusters numbers. You know what I'm saying? That, And, and I think that was even before the ESPN deal came in. That was just a normal pay-per-view uh, system. Right. So it's not like Francis is going to make your numbers skyrocket through the through the moon. So He's a little hotter now, though, right, than he was going to that fight a little think bit. Back, think back to then, though. I like remember he, he just knocked out over him. He knocked out the send his head to the moon, right? Remember, he he's he he hits harder, the, the impact is harder yes. than if a Kia hits the wall, <laughs> right? Like so you got to think back to then, right? So it's right. not like it's much different. And so, but if you ask me personally, I think this is a fight Jones is supposed to win too. It's like I think he's supposed to win this fight. Did you see the lines came out and he's the dog? Yeah, Francis is the because everybody falls in love with power. But I bet right. you by the time the fight would hit the cage. Jones would be the favorite because the public would bet him above and gun And because, you know, I just think, you know, I just think like, you know, he, the, the, the talent level of Francis is so vast that people respect him and they should, because he's a savage. But I think, you know, I think make it public. I'd make it all to public. figure this out. Bro, I'd make it, it out. I'd make it all public. I'd put oh, Francis's geez. purse out. I would put Jones's purse out from Reyes. And then I would put what they asked for. And then it's now we're talking transparency, right? Because right now, you're getting one side of the story. I agree. You're getting what those guys are saying. The UFC is kind of staying mum. They're staying true to the code of how they've done business. When in reality, put it out there. If you guys want to put it out there, let's put it out there. If you ask for $20 million and you made $5 million last fight, that's unrealistic. Like, don't, don't, um, you're painting me out to be something that's not necessarily true. When the reality is, if you're asking for $20 million, do you really want the fight? You know, it's like, I want to fight. I want to fight, but I'm going to ask for such an absurd amount of money that it just gets. Is he hit. asking for twenty, or you're just using? I have no a, idea. I'm just using okay. it as a yeah, baseline, yeah. right? Because what 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 would be a number that the UFC? Because I'm almost certain the UFC would give him seven, eight million dollars. I don't think for a second they would. I think they would give him that plus pay per view. Well, but that's going to be so interesting crazy. also to monitor in this new normal because, as you mentioned, no gate for the UFC now, so they're taking a hit there. Even though the fighters don't get a percentage of the gate, this is going to come up. And I've heard it come up already in talks with other people in the sport that the UFC is saying, like, look, you know, we'll pay you what's on the contract. I don't know about these big bumps that you're looking for. And everyone, look, you can make a case. Hey, I'm fighting in the midst of a pandemic. I deserve a little more. And they could say, yeah, we get it, but we're not making money off the gate. It's going to be really interesting to see how they figure these things out. Same with Israel and Paulo Costa. There's some big fights that are like this close to happening, but none of them have happened or have been signed yet because I think there's these hurdles that they need to overcome. And I think it's like massive with gate, fights with the gate at the most, most of the time with the gate though, Ariel, like the gate pays almost the entire fight purse, like the card, the purse for almost everybody on the fight card yep. when you have these big ones, you know? So, so they're doing, well. it is something, you know, it is something. So I don't know, man. I think that's another, like you said, hurdle, another uh, part of the whole deal that you got to kind of take into, to, into uh, consideration. This is uh, disappointing when it comes to Cormier. Um, his constant battering lately of uh, Stipe to take a title fight when he can't train 
and he's doing his work as a first responder. That was uh, that was a bad look, and now we add on to this. Um, it's he's not um, doing any favors for his his image. Um, he's starting to sound more like a uh, UFC management, and maybe that is what he's working towards. But this this conversation um, was very disappointing uh, first he tried to lie that and say that he didn't get a bump to move up the heavyweight and then he he i mean he tried to lie but failed so okay but um and then the part where he says that the purses shouldn't be disclosed that's a big that's a big red flag to me um, if you look at every sport that has a players association or union the minute the union got the salaries to be disclosed of those players in 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 each league. That's the moment where salaries started to rise for everyone. You can you can argue that, but you'd be wrong. That's when salaries really began to rise when the union came in and when they were disclosed. They went hand in hand um, because now everyone can see what everyone else is making. And if you have someone, let's use Cormier as an example. If you have someone like Cormier, who the UFC is taking care of, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just using this as an example and Cormier's name because it could be true. I don't know if it is. But say Cormier is getting taken care of by the UFC for, you know, being quote unquote a UFC guy. And well, then he's getting paid X. While someone like a Jones or a Miocic, who doesn't always play nice with the UFC, they're getting less while they should be getting at least equal. And then we'll see all that. And then that's when things start to even out. And this reminds me, like I tweeted about, um, when the Detroit Red Wings were working with Gordy Howe, they... They convinced how that he was the highest paid player in the Red Wings, on the Red Wings, and they gave him little things like they gave him a, a Red Wings sweater or a jacket one time to appease him, um, but they didn't raise his salary. And then when he found out what the salaries were, when they tried to get a union in uh, the first time, he found out that he wasn't even. Not only was he wasn't he the highest paid player in the NHL, he wasn't the highest paid player on the Red Wings. And it would not surprise me if the UFC is using that same kind of tactic um, on fighters. So if you're a guy that plays nice, um, like a Cormier, you're going to get a little more maybe. If you're a guy that butts heads with the UFC, or a gal that butts heads with the UFC, like a, like a Tyron Woodley, like a John Jones, um, a Holly Holm. Uh, White has always said that his, her manager was a bad manager and it's probably because he wanted to get the most that he could for his client um so stipe those kind of guys i wouldn't be surprised if they're getting paid less than the folks that who play nice and do the bidding of the ufc um another thing that came up in this is that the gate is not included in these numbers right now because, well, there is no gate. 
but according to Moody's and John Nash wrote this, a story on Moody's for Bloody Elbow, the uh, the gate's not all that much when it comes down to overall revenue, um, and that needs to fighters need to know that they need to take this into consideration. Uh, the gate, according to this story, which is titled uh, UFC Finances, Moody's report that UFC can still thrive without live audience from May 15th from John Nash on Bloody Elbow says that the gate is uh, 12% and the let's not forget the UFC made over $900 million in revenue last year. So while the number is significant, it's a significant looking number when you take it out of $900 million, Overall, it's not a big uh, factor when it comes to the revenue most of the other revenue most of the UFC's revenue does not come from the gate which I, I think we could figure out when the when the gate announcements on a normal fight night aren't that high so they're going to lose some money here but if they put on bigger fights and bigger fight cards they can they can regain that um, so it's not a big factor and it shouldn't be used when considering fighter pay Especially not for someone like a John Jones or Francis Ngannou in a, in a super fight. It shouldn't be a factor. Now, it also shouldn't be a factor in contract negotiation. Because this loss of gate is not a permanent thing. It's a, it's a temporary thing while the COVID-19 situation uh, plays itself out. So I th once a vaccine is found and we get back to quote-unquote normal life, the UFC will start to regain its gate. And so don't fighters and managers should not negotiate contracts based on, well, we're not getting our gate right now. And that's right now, like I said, right now. You, you, you sign an eight-fight contract, the gate's going to come into play sooner or later over the length of that contract. So that's something that, really need, needs to be stressed and um, fighters need to know the number that the gate is so they don't get uh, played by the UFC when it comes to contract negotiations. So yeah, I am uh, I'm really disappointed in the way uh, Cormier is coming across lately. It's uh, he, He's becoming much too much of a Coming across as much too much of a company man, and that's not what the UFC fighters need right now. They need they need uh, people to stick together and and try and lift everybody instead of just trying to lift themselves up. Um, and it's a it's a little disappointing. Um, well, it's a it's a lot disappointing actually. We found out today that um, UFC is going to. Do a little more when it comes to COVID-19 protocols for it's going into the, the next card. According to MMA Fighting, who did a little more digging on a memo that was first reported by MMA Junkie, there are going to be two tests um, and there's going to be some changes here. So I'll just uh, read this off. Upon arrival at the host hotel, athletes and their corner men will be required to take COVID-19 
Uh, swab test. After the test is administered, fighters and their teams will be required to self-isolate inside the host hotel until results have been received. Um, athletes and their teams are not allowed to leave the host hotel or have physical contact with anyone else until the results are returned. Fighters and their teams will be allowed to resume with normal fight week activities once a test result comes back negative. A positive test will require that the fighter and their teams remain in their hotel rooms while awaiting instructions from the UFC's medical team. This is kind of sort of the same. The difference is the self-quarantine and no physical contact with anyone else until the results are returned. The last time in Jacksonville, um, Stephen A. Smith reported that the results came back 48 hours approximately after the test was administered. Hopefully that gets reduced somewhat closer to, and it gets a little closer to 24 hours. Um, my concern here is the self-administered quarantine. Um, that needs to be enforced. So my question when this comes uh, uh, before the Nevada State Athletic Commission on Wednesday would be, how is that isolation going to be enforced? Is it going to be up to the fighters in the camps to, to police themselves? Or like the, like the first document said, is that going to be up to the UFC security to make sure everyone's following that instruction? Um, because if it's up to the fighters' camps and the UFC just says, well, we told them and they broke the rules, I don't think that's good enough. I think this needs to be enforced by the UFC and I think there has to be some kind of uh, repercussions if someone fails and and breaks the self-isolation before the test results come back. So that's something that needs to be done because we know fighters and their teams left the hotel in Jacksonville before the test results came back. Um, and we also know that they intermingled before the test results came back. So that can't happen. So they need to police that up and make sure it's enforced and make sure that there are repercussions if someone does not um, follow through with the self-isolation. And then test number two, it says here, a second COVID-19 swab test will be required at the host hotel on Friday following the weigh-ins. The same rules apply with fighters and told to self-isolate in the host hotel where they will remain overnight until transportation arrives to take them to the Apex facility. No athletes or their coaches will be allowed to leave the host hotel without prior approval from the NSAC. Fighters are also instructed not to have physical contact with anyone outside of their team. Fight results come back negative. Fighters can move forward with the event. A positive test will force the athletes back into isolation while awaiting instructions from the UFC's medical team. Um, so we need, here we need the same kind of thing. Which means if they get tested on Friday for the weigh-in, the results better come back before fight night or else this this whole part goes away. So that's the first thing that has to be ensured that the results will be back before fight night. So this kind of keeps the fighters from going out for their post-weigh-in pre-fight dinners with their teams, which we know um, happened last time because uh, Brett Akamoto said he spoke to uh, one fighter. He did not name the fighter while they were out 
um, at a steak dinner with their team when they found out that Sousa had tested positive. Um, and that was after the way, I guess they found out after the weigh-ins and they were, they were already eating their post-weigh-in pre-fight um, meal. Um, so that can't happen under this, under this uh, scenario. Again, the question becomes who's policing this and under what conditions would the athletic commission allow someone to leave the hotel before they got their test results back or before the fight at all. Um, and I don't think under any circumstances they should be left, they should be allowed to leave the hotel because when you leave the hotel, you there's a possibility of, of infection. It, it just is. It might be a slight possibility, but it's a possibility nonetheless. And again, as I said last week, and I've said multiple times, this plan, like the other plans, gives no information on the expectations once fight night is complete. So there's no uh, expectations or rules on PPE traveling home. There's no... Uh, there's no instructions on self-isolating for two weeks or whatever amount it is once fighters do return home and there's no um, instruction on when and how and who will pay for a follow-up COVID-19 test once the fight card is over and once they've uh, self-isolated for two weeks so that gap needs to be closed and I would hope that the commission before they uh, green light this in either Nevada or Arizona. Uh, make sure that that is uh, tightened up. So I like that there's another test. I would hope that things and the, and the self-isolation, I hope that this is going to be enforced because it wasn't in Jacksonville. And we know the UFC had a good written plan in Jacksonville but it had poor follow-through and poor enforcement. And the plan's only as good as the, the enforcement that comes with it. So you could write a perfect plan, but if there's no enforcement or very little enforcement, that plan is useless. So the enforcement is the key here. Nevada needs to f know what the enforcement's going to be. They can't allow the UFC to play them. Um, they can't be as lax as Jacksonville was on enforcement. Um, and the UFC can't allow that to happen because it's going to get pointed out again and again and again until it gets fixed. If the enforcement is not there, the plan is useless and the risk of infection increases, exponentially increases. That can happen. Another thing that needs to be added to this plan is a worst case scenario uh, a plan for that um, uh, so if someone a fighter a, a coach a media member a member of the UFC's team becomes infected with COVID-19 during the fight week there needs to be a plan and that plan needs to include contact tracing so everyone that needs to get treated or tested uh, can do so um, without that plan it's another huge gap that needs that needs fixing. So that's another thing I hope the Nevada State Athletic Commission um, deals with before 
it, it green lights uh, a UFC fight card or in in Nevada for um, this coming Saturday. So there's still a lot of a lot of issues that need to be sorted out and a lot of enforcement that needs to take place. Um, there are improvements. I'm happy for that, but those don't, like I said, those improvements are only as good as the enforcement and the enforcement in in Jacksonville was more or less an F. So hopefully that improves. Uh, that's all I have for today. I'll be back again tomorrow. See what happens. Until then, stay safe.